Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online, and we need your help with something. What's that? Keeping our show on the air. As the show grows, so do the costs of producing it and distributing the audio of Real Ghost Stories Online, the very thing that you listen to probably on a regular basis. So if you listen to the show regularly, we ask you to become an EPP. That's an extra podcast person. We'll give you even more episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online to listen to in exchange for your support. It's only $5 a month, and you can sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com. Your support is what keeps our show going. Plus, we'll give you access to all of the past EPP bonus episodes of Real Ghost Stories Online, jam-packed with some of the creepiest stories we've ever gotten in, and exclusively for EPPs, more than 30 full episodes. Thanks for helping keep Real Ghost Stories Online on the air. Without your support, the show couldn't go on. Sign up now to be an EPP, extra podcast person, on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. And thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You're about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Tonight, could the feeling of kissing someone during a dream have actually been much more than just a dream? A listener describes in details the feelings and images he felt and saw by simply touching an item from the past. Could a woman have finally found the answer to a mysterious offering left on her front porch many years ago? And we hear a take on residual energy and an unconventional approach to how to handle benevolent spirits. Those stories, your calls, and more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hello. Hello, and how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to these uh, interesting stories that uh, we have lined up for the day. Yeah. Uh, the, the kissing one sounds interesting. It, it, it is. It's one of those where um, what comes to my mind instantly is is like where it's on, on TV shows or sitcoms where someone's having the dream about kissing someone and then they wake up and it's their animal. Ooh. You know, that's sitting yeah. there like licking them. And I'm hoping it doesn't go down that road. There's no animals involved. Okay. No. You're like you're, you're like moving your eyes around like thinking back to the story. There, there's none. <clears throat> okay. No animals involved in the kissing scene, so that's right. <laughs> that's encouraging. It uh, should be interesting. Uh, so, of course, our phone number is 855-853-4802. Call in, share your real ghost story. Of course, you can also write in through the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Whatever platform it is you listen to us on, press subscribe. Helps us grow the show. We greatly appreciate that. Let's uh, kick it off tonight with a uh, letter here from uh, Anna. And Anna writes in, I've been enjoying your show for six months now, and thank you both for the outstanding job that you do. My ghost story began when I was a child, since I've been able to see shadow people since I was eight years old. I can remember seeing them in my bedroom looking at me. They were tall beings. This detail I remember very much. No carbon monoxide was involved here since I grew up in Latin America, and there were no AC units. I see dead people all the time. The few people with whom I share this secret about me tell me it is a gift. To me, it's a curse. It seems that ghosts or spirits, when they notice me, they get very agitated for me to notice them. Over the years, I've been able to tell the difference between those light beings and shadow people. I've also been in the presence of death three times, trying to avoid certain hospital areas. I had also become very ill. 
as a result of too many dark entities attached to me. This was the result of working next to a morgue without knowing until it was too late. I captured one of the entities on a selfie that I took with one of my dogs without realizing. I had someone tell me that the particular spirit was a result of my illness that has no cure. You can share the picture, but please erase my face. I've moved to another state since now. I'm not even working since I'm so sick all the time. I continue to occasionally see one particular spirit in our house where we moved. However, this particular spirit came with the house and is a previous owner. He looks like an older man and his body grows light. I told him I can see him and I didn't mind his company and to please not to make uh, me sicker or to scare me or make me lose sleep. So far, we're all living in harmony. I can write in the future. My individual story, since I have many to tell. I listen to your stories almost every night just before I go to bed. I want to see Anna's selfie with the spirit in it. Did she not? I did not see... um, I didn't see how it could have been attached to okay. the, what she sent us. So. Okay, so if she wants to email it to us, she can certainly do that. Yeah, and we'll we'll blow your face, blur your face up. That's not a problem. Are you gonna blow her face blow up? Blow her face up. <laughs> we'll blow your face up. No problem. That's nice. <laughs> no, yeah, we'll blow their face out. Uh, take a look at the picture and uh, maybe post it up there um, on our uh, on our photos uh, section, um, or maybe make a, a, a separate post with uh, that story in it. Um, very interesting. What I'm wondering about the morgue thing uh-huh. and working next to a morgue um, is this, as far as having dark entities, that being a reason why they're coming to you. And it's not necessarily the morgue is the reason, but could it be that as people pass, there's a lot of people that have dark entities attached to them? Mm-hmm having gone through life with them, maybe never even realizing it, when they pass, the entities need to find something else to latch on to. Morgues typically are usually one of the first places that the living get to when they're dead. So could it be that in that that time period of death and getting to the morgue or being in the morgue, that as everything slowly kind of goes out of your body, those two leave your body, you know, and then they need to find a new vessel, if you will. And if you're working right next door, I think you're prime picking for them. Make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would think so. Um, I mean, so my my only wonder here is is you know when you die, if you let's say have a dark entity attached to you, does it instantly leave you the second you die, or does it take a little bit of time? Does it have to kind of hang out there? Well, we'll see if this person really is dead, or if something happens at the morgue, or what? You know, there's still. I mean, when you're at the morgue, your body's still twitching a bit, and I don't want to be like graphic or gross, but you are. I mean, you're until you actually have gone through the embalming process and everything. There's still some energy there that's still kind of being expelled, and nerves and all that. That's Physically, yes, but I think a spirit that's attached to somebody that's living is going to be probably the first to know when they're dead. Sure. But I'm just wondering, being so close, could that be also a time where they're leaving and that's why? I'm wondering that, but I'm also wondering, you know, not everybody that dies is a good person. Sure. So being in that in that close of proximity to dead people, that many of them, I would think oh. not only spirits attached to people but the spirits 
The spirit of the people. Of the people. The actual people. That's what I'm thinking. I see what you're saying, where maybe they're following their body around for a little while, and they finally get to the morgue, and they're like, oh shit, I really am dead. Well, wouldn't you do that until you had a game plan of what probably. else to do? I'd probably be hanging out with myself for a little while. Right. It's like, okay, well, this didn't work. Um, looks like there's a Woolworths down the street. <laughs> Are there any Woolworths still around? No, but I, if you're a ghost, it would be great as you could actually get into the vacant ones and urban explore them Okay, as a ghost. Okay. <laughs> I wonder how many ghosts uh, in abandoned buildings are simply doing just that. They're curious. They're maybe not like the energy that's, that's still there, like going over and over what they used to do, but they're revisiting places that they're curious of. Maybe they did visit in their past, and they're literally urban exploring it as a ghost, just saying, hey, what does it look like today? Places they liked, maybe. frequented, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I just kind of figure that maybe they go back to that time. Yeah, if you can. I mean, that, that's an interesting thought. If you can go back to the time, sure. But if you can't... I'd be all about exploring places from my past. Mm-hmm. I'd be wandering through like vacated Kmart's and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what happened here? Uh, 855-853-4802. That is the phone number to Real Ghost Stories Online to share your real ghost story. Jesse from Pittsburgh says, this is Jesse. And for the first time in four years last night, I had another out-of-body episode. I was asleep when I felt someone lay next to me. And then a set of soft hands cut my face and lightly kissed me. I opened my eyes and saw nothing but a shadow, but the sense I got wasn't malevolent, but very familiar like a girl I knew and trusted. Instinctually, I put my hands around the form, sat up and kissed her back. Then she vanished, and I was in the dark. After seeing my surroundings are completely dark and noticing my slow movements, I realized I was no longer in my body. I looked down and saw myself sleeping and knew I was in that dark place I call the gloom. I immediately called the spirits of good to surround me and protect me from the evils in the dark. I got out of bed and still felt the presence of said being and looked around for her. I walked through my room and hall. Every once in a while, I'd see faces watching me that were distorted and couldn't make out features. I'd muster my will, wave my hands across them and tell them to leave and then... They would disappear. After a while, I didn't want to be in the gloom anymore. I tried to flip on lights, and naturally, it didn't work. So I decided to get back into my body. It took longer than usual, but eventually, I was able to succeed. I guess that's apparent. The feeling of being there is not as strange as the feeling of coming back. The body is cold, breathing heavy and gasping. My pulse was fast and pounding like when you run for a few miles, and the room was brighter than natural like usual. I felt mentally drained and laid there, taking in the whole experience. I have no idea who the being in the room was with me and plan on investigating on it. I do know some girls who are a little psychic. Could it have been one of them or perhaps something from the gloom trying to deceive me? I do not have any answers yet, but I know that this will not be my last experience there. When I go back, maybe I'll get my answers. I have many other random ghost stories that I'll write in about. Some are scary and others are just kind of cool. Thank you for reading. I love the show. Hope to be an EPP soon enough. Keep up all of the good work. Okay, I've never had an out-of-body experience, so I have a lot of questions. Okay. Do 
you have a choice whether or not you go back and if you don't does that mean you're going to die your body's going to die i don't know the answer to that from what i understand i think there are cases where you're just kind of floating and you don't really have a whole lot of control over your gravity uh-huh. if you will or where you're at and sometimes you're not even floating sometimes gravity's playing a force and you're walking around um and in those cases i think it's either like you're on rails and you're moving wherever the rails take you. It's like you're on a ride. Okay. Uh, in other cases, it's free form. Do whatever you want. But it's not usually... There's not a... Uh, from all the stories I've heard, one specific way that this happens. Okay. So if you don't go back to your body, I don't... I don't think you necessarily... That means death. I've heard plenty of cases where they're out of body and they're quite far away. And all of a sudden, boom, bam, they're back in. Without having willingly walked back to their body or floated or whatever. Okay. Okay. Next question. (laughs) Well, if you're having an out-of-body experience, is that possibly when astral projection happens? I could see that in some cases and others not. Okay. I think that the two may have a connection. This is just my opinion, by the way. This is not like... Okay. Based... I mean, it's based on what I've heard, what I know of the stories. Anything else? No, I think that's it for now. I wonder if you can eat. You would just go from restaurant to restaurant and pig out. Like, what happened to all the, the lobsters in this kitchen? I would go to a Red Lobster. You would go to Red Lobster. You could go anywhere and you would go to Red Lobster. I would I would eat all the biscuits because <laughs> you don't have any weight restrictions. Okay. We're so- talking just comfort food here. You sit there, eat all the biscuits. You're not going to... Put it on. You essentially are going to become the Red Lobster Slimer. <laughs> yes, I would be the Red Lobster Slimer. Okay. I would go to Red Lobster and I would just sit there and I would just consume all of the Cheddar Bay biscuits. That's just disappointing. Well, what are you going to... I mean, you could go to a really nice restaurant, sure. But then you got to wait for all the food to be prepared. I mean, you only have a limited amount of time in an out-of-body experience in most cases. You can't go to a nice restaurant, order. You can't order, number one. That's key. So you got to take whatever is going on. So you better hope something good is going through a, a kitchen. And a nicer restaurant, it's just kind of sometimes a slower pace getting those dishes out. So I'm going for quantity over quality in this case. That's and, evident. And I'm going for the Red Lobster Cheddar Bay Biscuits. Plus, if you're having an out-of-body experience, this would be, I think, a little bit unsettling. So you're going to eat? Yes. Comfort food. Cheddar Bay doesn't get any more comforting. Okay. That's what I would do. You? Um, nothing against Red Lobster or any of our listeners that work at Red Lobster, but that's not where I would go in an out-of-body experience. You would go to Olive Garden and get unlimited breadsticks. I would not. <laughs> I have not been to an Olive Garden in years. So, no, I wouldn't. I'm not sure where i go, but popular food chains are not going to be it. I, I, I love going to nice little places, but... I'm sorry. Cheddar Bays, I just love them. Oh. Can't get, can't get enough Cheddar Bay. And no, I've never bought in the box of them either. Right? At Sam's. Where you can get them now. I, I've thought of it many yeah. times, but I also thought, yeah, that's not a great way to lose weight. <laughs> so, no. But hey, out of body, no restrictions. 855-853-4802. Uh, Jeannie writes in, I'm from Seattle, Washington, the youngest of five children. I'm 49 now. I always believed in the paranormal since we moved into our house. It is haunted. I was three years old. 
We did not have a lot of money, but the neighborhood was great. My dad lived in the house and uh, for about 41 years until my mom died at 59. Okay, let me get to it. In 1978 or 79, my grandmother, who we called Nana on my mom's side, came to live with us. She was getting on in her age, and we had room. One day, my Nana told my mom that when she passed on, she would let my mom know somehow that she made it to the other side. In late November, my grandmother passed. So a few days after she passed away, we were around the fire watching TV. We had four dogs at the time, and my Nana's rocking chair started rocking by itself. All four dogs started barking at the chair. There were no drafts of any kind, and the dogs would not go near it. My dog Benny, a German Shepherd, was in front of me and the whole time. I tried to get up, and he sat on me. I think it was her telling us that she made it to the other side. I love your show and the fun banter between the two of you. That's what I would be doing. I'd be in my rocking chair, because I love rocking chairs. Rocking chairs and swings. If you were dead or having an out-of-body experience. If I had to let somebody know that I was on the other side, if you see a rocking chair start to rock by itself, that's probably me. Make sure it's not like outside in Kansas, because that can be written off very easily as wind. Well, yeah. It'd have to be like like this sort of a setting. Sure. Okay. Just saying, just... Think about the environment, because I don't want to be like, I think it's, I'm not sure. <laughs> it could just okay. be the wind. Yeah, know? it could just be the wind. And all of a sudden, a Cheddar Bay drops from the sky. Ah! So, the German Shepherd sitting on her, is that a protective thing? Like, no, stay here, I'll protect you? Or is that a, I'm scared, I'm not getting out of your lap kind of thing? Uh, I think probably a combination of both. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's probably concern. But so much concern that the dog's not going to fight it, and it doesn't want its people going after it, too, because it doesn't know what the hell's going on. Which is interesting when it comes to, like, a loved one doing something like that. Sometimes you have the animals that are actually very, like, acting as though they did when the person was alive. Uh Uh-huh. Where they don't get really aggressive or or freaked out. They're just like, oh, look, she's back. You know, feed me. (laughs) You know? Um, But I think sometimes it is just, you know, there's not enough information there for the animal to know that this is a good person. It's just unknown. Sure. And of course they're going to be like, eh, screw you. I'm not going to let anything happen here. Yeah. No, if it had been one thing or the other, you could have written it off, but the rocking chair and the dog activity, no. Yeah. Melody uh, writes in, Hi, I'm Melody from Virginia. Before I give you my story, I want to say not all of my family believes in ghosts or paranormal. My grandma believes, and you'll know why I said this in a minute. Anyway, I was six years old at the time, and my great-grandfather, Pawpaw, had recently died. I was in my soon-to-be room at my great-grandma's house. Nana, pronounced like Nana. Okay. Was it Na- yeah, right? It's Nana. They just made sure you know how to say it. An which... extra, an enunciation guide for Nana. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, like, I, I could use an enunciation guide for so many things, but... Well... If, Just in if case. the girls didn't call my mom Nana, you know. I could probably still figure Nana out. Okay. I think I, I think I, I'm pretty sure. I, I was going through old pictures, and I felt a breeze inside. And then I ran upstairs, and while I was running, I tripped on the stairs. Once I finally got up the stairs, I told Nana that I felt something, and she said it was probably nothing. And then, in winter, back downstairs with Nana, she felt something, and we all went upstairs. I feel that it was Pawpaw saying goodbye to me and Nana. 
I'm currently living in that room and still have experiences in there sometimes. Since then, I've been very into the paranormal. I watch scary movies and TV shows and have had many more stories. But I feel that I've taken enough enough of your time. Keep up the good work. Keep it going. Love what you do. Hope to become an EPP soon. Love these stories and I'll send in more stories soon. Bye. I'm thinking that it probably was Papa, but, you know, a lot of times you feel that person's presence and it's you can tell it's not threatening or scary they both booked it to a whole different floor in the house both times so it kind of made me wonder was it him or not i'm gonna go with pawpaw yeah i would still kind of feel the same way with any dead relative no matter how much i love them showing back up i'd probably booking it myself yeah that's true i just i I don't want I mean, as as much as part of me is like, oh, I would like to to see that person or something. The idea of a entity uh, or a physical apparition suddenly showing itself up to me, in, in, like the midst of the evening, uh, I think I'd be very freaked out. Yeah, I don't know. No I, matter what, I just think that with this, they didn't see him. Yeah. You know, it was just more of a like a, they felt like a breeze. Sure. It freaked them both out pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of like, I don't know. It, I mean, it could go the other way. Yeah. Anything is possible. Because like in the story before, they're like, oh, we think it was grandma. The other story, they were like, see ya. Yeah. So. We think it's grandma. The dog sure as hell don't. But yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number. And uh, by the way, if you're just uh, a new listener to the show and you're hearing all these people say, Hope I'm going to want to become an EPP. What is that? That's an extra podcast person. That's our uh, VIP section, if you will, of our show. Uh, EPPs get a bonus episode of the show sent to them every single week. Exclusive material on there, all exclusive material on there, and access to all of our previous EPP bonus episodes. There's more than 30 of them now. Uh, You set up on the website. It uh, keeps our show alive. That's why we've created it. Uh, It's not just so we can make money or anything. It's so we can fund doing the show and cover the cost of doing the show. Because the more listeners we have, the more pricey it gets for bandwidth and all of that. So five bucks a month is all we ask. You get all those nice extras and you keep our show on the air. So please consider doing that on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Hi. Hi, Tony and Jenny. This is Erica calling from California. I hope you've been well. I'm happy to listen to your show. I enjoy it a lot. So great job. Um, this time I'm calling. It's a little strange for me. <laughs> um, I've been listening to you guys since last year. And I wanted to share a story that, well, a little tiny encounter that I had this morning. Um, before I get into that, just wanted to mention that I'm one of those people that I guess you can consider sensitive. Um, I've had many encounters. In fact, um, as I got older, I encountered more things. Um, And I have many stories to share and will call for those. Um, So basically what happened was that I was sleeping in my bed and all of a sudden, I was awoken by someone whispering into my ear. And it seemed to be like a woman, um, a woman uh, whispering into my ear, 
and I couldn't understand what she said, but um, I know it was a whisper. At first, I thought it, it could be my own breath because I was breathing, because I was breathing deeply. But I quit breathing for a second to see if it, it was my breath or her whispering, but definitely it was not my breath. Um, of course, I was awoken, so after that, I couldn't go back to sleep. I was not afraid, um, just because I was, you know, sometimes when you're sleeping, you don't have a chance to think consciously about what's going on, so you don't get afraid as much, I guess you could say. I know my apartment isn't haunted. Um, I know about those things. I have a few things about those things. Um, I clear my apartment um, and I, I guess, blessed it um, before I came here. And I, I know exactly um, that it was not a haunted apartment, except for the fact that there was a cat. I know it's weird, but I found a cat, like a ghost cat, um, which I'll probably talk about that in the future. But he's gone now. Um, so I hope you enjoyed the story <laughs> and continue on with your great job, with your great work. And thanks so much. Thank you for calling in and sharing your story with us. Don't you know, she's going to be trying to figure out what the whisper was saying like forever. That would be a very unsettling thing to have happen. Yeah, it makes you wonder, was it something, some kind of message I needed to know? Was it just a, mm -hmm. I'm here, I'm going to mess with you kind of message? Mm -hmm. You know, was it something in the future? Oh, that would drive me crazy, trying to figure out what the ghost was saying. Was Or was it just completely you know, nothing at all? Just somebody rambling as a ghost? Just rambling, just talking to talk? Just talking to talk. Yeah. I mean, it could be that, too. It could it be could literally be. nothing. Yeah. But, I mean, and it would be one of those things, I think, you know, when you're in bed and you're quite, you know, you're in, a, anytime you're laying down, mm -hmm. there's the potential that somehow you may have dozed off. So that's going to be going through our mind, too, I think, somewhat of, did I really hear this? What, did I dream that? I mean, I, I hear things, it's, what is it, the exploding head syndrome or something is yeah. what it's called, where you hear like the bang and mm -hmm. there's really no bang at all. Um, I hear to have that a lot. Um, sometimes I do hear other sounds, but I know I'm dreaming. Okay. I mean, I, I will audibly hear, um, for example, watching a TV show and we go to bed. Sleep timer turns the TV show off at a certain point. Uh, there's been many times where I am uh, lying there sleeping. TV is turned off, um, and it's only probably about five minutes since it's turned off, but my mind is still thinking it's hearing the TV show, and it continues it on in my head. Well, that's because you have all the episodes of what we watch well, memorized. Well, not even just that. Even new things that we're watching if I fall asleep, my mind will just generate a new show. <laughs> It'll generate new material. Okay. Doesn't always make a whole lot of sense, and that's usually the point as to where I go, wait a second, what did they just say? Yeah. And then I open my eyes, and it's like, oh, okay, I know what's happening here. It's the crazy Tony sitcom. Well, it's that, or like something will be very out of character, like all of a sudden, like if we're watching real time with Bill Maher, and all of a sudden I've fallen asleep, it's turned off. And then I all of a sudden he's he's speaking very conservatively or something. 
something. Sure. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. This is it can't be what's going. Just something very out of character. Uh-huh. And that, that specific one hasn't happened. But, you know, just as an example, where it's something that's just not, not something's not right. Sure. And that'll that'll alert me. Here's a creepy thing to do that I've, I've done before. Um, I used to have... Uh, a surround cheaply very cheap surround system hooked up to my bedroom TV this was in my apartment years ago okay and it, you could operate the sound uh, without the TV being on so you could put DVDs in and it would play the DVD sound TV does not have to be on uh-huh. okay um, but I would do sleep timer on the TV Um I would then still have to... The, the surround DVD player did not have a, a sleep timer on it, the player itself. Okay. So I would have to actually then wake up at some point and turn off the DVD player. That defeats the purpose of the sleep timer. It, well, it takes the light out of the room at the least. Okay. And now I kind of liked that for a while because like, oh, I can still kind of listen to the show without the TV light going on. It was uh, nice. Sure. Until you wake up and you're playing a DVD that's you know, four or five hours of material. And at hour three or four, you are slightly awake in your bed. Lights are off. And it's the show has been somewhat quiet for a little while. And all of a sudden you start hearing voices. (laughs) And you don't know what the hell is going on. And then you're kind of disoriented. I've had that. It's like, oh my God, is someone in my house? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think that would drive me crazy. I don't think I'd like that. Yeah, I didn't like it, but it was, it was kind of fun and kind of creepy all at the same time. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, is Fraser Crane in the bathroom? Right, because I mean, that would happen. I mean, I didn't think that, but it was like, you would hear someone talking and you didn't know who it was. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, and then all of it comes together as you wake up. Like, wait a second, this is that. <laughs> anyhow. Adventures in Living Alone. Uh huh. <laughs> it's really what that should be called. 855 853 4802 is our number. Matt writes in Hi, Tony and Jenny. Thank you for reading my last story. Made me laugh out loud listening to your online dating stories. Also, the way Jenny referred to you as the best $50 I ever spent was sweet, but sounded like a slave auction. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not at all how I meant it. The sign up for the website was $50 through which I met Tony. That's all that was meant by that. It was sweet, but sounded nice. That's great. <laughs> I didn't take it like that, if it's, it's worth it. No, but I will never say that again as long as I live. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Since my Nana is a spiritualist, I'll be honest. Uh, I'm not as well re- researched uh, on this as I'd like to be, but I think the concept is they talk to the spirits of dead people. Going back a few years now, I must have been 13 or 14 when we visited my Nana. A lot of Nanas today. Yeah, we should have just called it Nana. <laughs> Lots of... It's funny because we get, you know, you get stories of Grandma here and there, but it's like usually kind of sporadic on what they're calling them. We get Nana, Grandma, every other variation. It's odd. It's like we've gotten so many in a row of Nana today. She lives about 200 miles away, so it's uh, normally a stay and a stop for the uh, night trip. One night, I was asking my Nana about uh, what she does and if uh, it was the thing anyone, or if it was anything anyone else can do, or if you need to be gifted. My Nana, without saying a word, slipped off a ring, handed it to me, and said, What do you feel when you touch that? I went along with her. I always find it easier to go along with things like that. I'm not 
one to shy away. While I was holding the ring, I got a strange feeling in my throat, a closing, almost like I couldn't breathe. I told her this, close your eyes. What do you see? She asked. This freaked me out. I started to see an image that started out gray and fuzzy and slowly got more and more vivid. What I saw was a house. I was able to move and walk around. I stood at the doors. It was a larger country house, number 18. In my mind, I could feel myself being drawn to the back garden. As I looked around, I saw a large field with four children playing. I described the house and children to her, but I kept getting this pain, almost like I was choking and struggling to breathe. She asked my mom, who was in the room, Do you know who gave me that ring? My mom nodded silently. My, my nan took the ring from me, and we talked. The ring had been given to her by her boyfriend many years after her granddad left. The children I described were my mom, her brothers, my uncles, and one of her boyfriend's children. The house was his. Everything was there, down to the door number. The pains I was feeling, he died from cancer in the throat not long after he gave that ring to her. Now I was obviously a bit spooked by all this and felt like I wanted to cry my eyes out. I was like 14. I wouldn't class myself as psychic or anything like that, but this still rocks me to my core. Can you help me understand what this is? Is this a gift? I've never tried it since, but at the same time, I haven't had any jewelry to try it with. Thanks, Matt. Okay. That really, she didn't answer your question at all, because I think it can be a genetic thing, or you can just be gifted. I don't know that it's something everybody can do. Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's something everybody can do. No, but being that she can do it, there's Mm -hmm. a good chance that you can do that too. Yeah. And I don't know that it has to be jewelry. I just think it has to be an emotionally charged item, something that meant a lot or was significant to somebody. Um, And somehow those feelings and energies get trapped or, you know, attached to that item. So I thought that was interesting. First time right out of the box, you know, you can do that with this ring. That must have meant a great deal to both her and him. But um, I think you'd be surprised if you touch something else. Go wander around an antique store and pick up a lot of stuff. just going to say that. (laughs) Really? Just go wander through the antique store, pick up a garden gnome or two, tell us what you feel. I think it'll happen again, though. No, I I, I do, too. I think it's one of those things where it's it's kind of being present mm-hmm. um, in, in knowing that that can be done. It's probably something that was present before this incident occurred, but really wasn't thought about or focused on it. And not every item is going to give you something either. I think rings especially or anything that's like held close to your body. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that you're you're constantly is in contact with a human. So I would say clothing items, jewelry, certainly. If it was a commonly worn piece, if it's something that's like worn every now and then, probably not. Yeah. Um, things of that nature. Coins, I think, hold it because a lot of times they're sitting with somebody um, through probably a lot of experiences. Um, I'll say this. I used... Okay, I was the weirdest kid in the world. So, during my preteen years, I collected pocket watches. And there was a couple of times I got weird vibes from them. And nothing that really, I can say, you you know, any kind of description like Matt just gave here. But I really, you know, there was a couple I was like, I'm thinking I'm going to sell this one. So, I think that would be another item that could be a very emotionally charged 
item. I think it makes total sense. And, and, okay, this is me being a little bit silly, but also being kind of honest in the same way of things we're talking about here. Underwear. Yeah, I could see underwear. Logically, I mean, I'm, I'm not... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's silly, but at the same point, it's there. But that's not necessarily something that's going to last. No, I mean, that's why you're not necessarily going to be running into that and very it's often. probably not something most people are going to keep after their loved one dies. Does it have to be something... Does, does it in- increase the odds of it being... Um, charged with something if it is metallic versus cotton. Maybe. Holding but, something is what I mean. But what I think the the key player in this is the significance and the emotional attachment. I'm not attached sure. to my underwear the way I'm attached to my wedding ring. Okay. Yeah, that's a point there too. So I may wear one just as much as the other, but one's going to probably hold much more importance to me. Okay. That makes sense. So, yeah. I just, I didn't know, like, you know, I just, I don't know, just the thoughts of, of what can hold energy, what may, you know, conjure it as well. and Sure. Being a conductor, metallic material versus Haynes her way, probably. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for that. Come yes. see the softer side of Sears. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when that used to be their slogan? Let's get back to other scary things. <laughs> the softer side of Sears was a scary thing. I remember that. <laughs> Uh, Daniela writes in I recently discovered your podcast and immediately fell in love I've been uh, binging on your shows and happened to fall upon one that is very close to something that happened to me about seven years ago my family and I moved into our new home in a quiet suburban area our new neighbors were all very nice although our next door neighbor was very strange we live in a semi-joined house I live in Canada and semis are the norm Now, these neighbors who lived in the semi-house next door consisted of a mom, dad, three brothers, and a sister. The mom was the strangest. She was a first-generation immigrant from the Caribbean islands. Often, she'd be found singing and chanting, her accent making it hard to understand what she was saying on her porch and around the house. The neighbor on the opposite side of me happened to become a very good friend of mine and shared with me that this woman was rumored to be mentally unstable. This explained the unnatural singing and chanting, but did not explain what I found on my porch a month after moving into my house. I remember walking out and finding a pile of chicken bones on my doorstep and a trail of fresh chicken blood poured from my door around the concrete sidewalk and leading into my good friend's neighbor's house. At first, I was very confused, but my good friend shared with me that this was not the first time she had seen this and that it was indeed from uh, the mom next door. For years later, I had tried to research what that meant and if this was some sort of curse on us and was always led to nothing. I was very surprised to listen to the voodoo story you guys shared a while back about a boy who saw a woman... Uh, drumming and killing black chickens for black magic and found that it completely explained my situation. After listening to your podcast, everything fell into place and I finally found an article that confirmed it was black magic. I'd like to note that no one has been able to live in my house for more than five years. The mom and her family moved two years ago and we are now brinking on our seventh year in our home. The longest in more than a few decades. Coincidence? 
What do you believe about dark voodoo magic? Well, I'm glad we were able to tip you off to finding the answer. And I don't think it was a curse because I think it was just her trying to scare you. Um, What I have recently done some research on voodoo, nothing, you know, groundbreaking or anything, basically just expanding my knowledge for a class that I'm taking. And really most of it is not as dark as what people believe. But then you get some that are like this and they use it to scare people and to do things that aren't really okay in most people's eyes. Mm-hmm. And so as far as dark voodoo goes, that stuff scares me. But in general, voodoo does not scare me. So this is like kind of an intimidation technique. You think the woman just didn't like having neighbors? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That or something about what they were doing just you know, through normal life, t- mm-hmm. you know, ticked off the neighbor, the weird mom. Yeah. And so she was just trying to scare them out of there. Maybe it was like a game to her. I don't know. So she was playing the psychological card, knowing that if she does these things, people are going to think it's something really dark, like a curse. And they're just going to want to get out of there because they're going to essentially just infest their mind with all the what ifs. Yeah. When there's really no what. Right. It's just the if. And she just puts some. KFC out there that she ate and some chicken blood. Could be. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that to some of our neighbors. <laughs> well, I thought twice when we found the rabbit that something ate its head off the body and we found it on, you know, the back uh-huh. porch, but I was like, oh, did somebody put that there? <laughs> That was my first thought. No, I, I think it was, you know, I think some neighborhood pet caught the rabbit. But, yeah, it was yeah. just laid out. It, it was an odd position uh-huh. for it. But I, um, I, I'll be honest, that did cross my mind, but it's not the first time I found a dead bunny around here. No. Not for me, uh, you know, either, like years ago when I was trying to rid them out of our, our gardens. This was, um, this like animals found, like, it was horrible. Last year. I we uh, <laughs> it was in fall and our uh, our two year old were walking down to the garden and um, we were looking there and uh, there was a, a dead one like right there in the garden. Yeah. Just and she didn't realize it because we had another one that we were looking for that was kind of like friendly and uh-huh. we wanted to try and find it and whatnot. And then there's this dead one there. I, it was really weird. It was like not... It didn't have anything visibly wrong with it. It didn't look like it was bit. It didn't look like it was anything. It got into something. Yeah, I mean, it must have. I don't know what. I mean, I had nothing... No poisonous chemicals in the garden or anything. Well, not necessarily sure. us. It might have gotten into something somewhere else and just chose to come back to its safe place and die. Yeah, that's probably what happened. So... Yeah. Found some... Odd rabbits around here. Uh, yeah. I wonder what they're getting into. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our number. Rob writes in, Hey guys, I met a Native American man who described residual energy, and I was reminded of it all from recent episodes. When I told him I was into these stories, he described it as a portal to the past that can fade with time but can't harm you. And the actual entity that caused the energy has already moved on. 
It can be scary at times, but harmless and never changes, which can also be orbs. He shared stories about entities, making it clear that you can interact with them, but need to proceed with caution in case it's not human, which he added, some can become that way. Not all tribes have the same beliefs. He believed in various religions, while some are atheist, but generally believe in respecting all life and the elements. This man believes in God, which he says works best to simply pray and hope the spirits can move on, which he said spreading positive energy can do some amazing things if you truly believe in it. One thing that he addressed from his culture was not participating in anything that can inhibit your mental or physical abilities. You have to be pure in body along with mind because sometimes these entities can and will trick you. He only performs these tasks after fasting and detoxifying his body, which he also claimed caffeine and various other substances can weaken your ability to tap into parts of your subconscious. He described one entity as old man, claiming his spirit gave off, gave off a calm and warm energy. The family who lived at the house said the old man never had friends and rented half a room. He only went in his room to sleep when he wasn't sitting on the front porch to watch the cars and planes pass by. The old man never was seen in the house by a spirit. They could hear the chair on the porch move, but it never frightened anyone. These people who still lived there didn't want to disrespect the dad and left handmade quilts near the chair and an unused pipe of tobacco for him until the sound stopped. They believe these gifts made him feel appreciated, and you no longer heard the chair move at night. The other spirit was a young child whom they believe died of leukemia. It was a young boy, but the child died sometime in the 70s. He mentioned when a child dies young, they no longer grow. Their appearance remains the same age as when they died. He felt this child as terrified and likely had no concept of death. This was when the man described feeling some spirits as emotional colors, which can be different based on how you feel the entity is in your presence. This child, he felt, was the colors black and purple, but not in any shadow person way. It was because darker colors hold the most spectrum, and his emotions were multiple irrational emotions. He initially felt it was curious of his presence, but would run if he would approach the spirit. Oftentimes, the boy would have his hiding spot under his bed of his parents' room, but his parents had moved around the time of his death. That bed was the area this Native American man had decided to read books, as he knew the child was born around his time. He remembered a few from his youth when he was small enough to make that a hiding spot. This is likely the part where Tony recalls the books he enjoyed. <laughs> um, I'll scale, keep keep going on. This man began this uh, by reading the book titles. When he felt a positive emotion, he saved the books to read at a later time. He wanted the spirit of the boy to feel more comfortable in the home. Some may find this misleading, but this man feels when a spirit still remains here that it's caged and needs to at least be aware they're no longer alive and recommends they move on to what he believes is heaven. Well, I don't mean any disrespect to those who simply want to communicate with some spirits. He believes the longer they linger around, the more likely they'll be found by stronger spirits who can manipulate innocent spirits, or even worse possibilities. The man only made this young, spirit, this young spirit feel safe in the house. The child entity was still there even after the man left. He had no way to explain what death was and made him question if this boy may have spoken another language but he reached the conclusion that the boy simply didn't understand what death was since the boy had 
interest in the books that were read to him. He was still glad to leave that house, knowing the boy's spirit was no longer terrified, and he also trusted the family would do their best to keep him safe before he decides to make that transition to what he believes truly is heaven. This man also refuses to be paid or receive anything for his service. He believes you can't take your riches once you pass on and feels it would be a sin to not do that, uh, to not do what he knows in his heart is the right thing to do. Thanks for reading, guys. Keep up the fun podcast. I think that's interesting to more so include the spirit until the spirit is able to cross over. Yeah, I think that's interesting. Kind of help it get comfortable, almost, if you will. Maybe that will help it make more sense of the situation that it's in, which is true in life of people. Get someone into a comfortable setting, get them calmed down from whatever the anxiety of the moment is, and they're likely to be able to make a more sensible decision. Sure, yeah. I mean, but so often on the show we talk about trying to get spirits to move on Mm -hmm. and trying to cast them out and get them away. So I thought this was really different than what we normally discuss, being that it's more, let's make it comfortable. Yeah. Try and live at peace with it, but go beyond that, beyond just, hey, we can coexist, but more so, hey, your favorite books or here's Mm -hmm. a pipe and a quilt, you know, I just thought that was kind of, kind of nice. It made me... Take another perspective, and this is probably just me making making a realization that everyone else has already known for a long time. The offerings to to spirits. Uh-huh. I always I was I always kind of wondered about that. It's like, do you actually expect like the food to be eaten or the pipe to be smoked or the quilt to be used? No, it's more so to make them feel comfortable and respected and acknowledged. It's the gesture. Yeah, than it is you're actually going to use it. Right. Or it's going to be used. So that, that, yeah, it's interesting. I like that. I do too. 855-853-4802 is our phone number. If you haven't already done so, press subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to us on. That way you don't miss any episodes of the show as we release them. You have to search for it every time. And that helps us grow in those rankings as well. So uh, please and thank you in advance of that. Let's get another caller. Hi. Hi, this is Jessica in Salt Lake City. So I'll make this quick. I don't know why um, my phone keeps on cutting out. But um, I lived in a house in Mount Pleasant. It was an old house. I was five years old. This happens from five to ten years old. I'm 28 now. My mom saw the same thing, but I didn't know until two years into it. So for since I was five to seven and a half, I kept on telling my dad I didn't like going to the basement. There's two rooms in there to the basement that one has electricity and one that doesn't. Mostly the one that doesn't is the one involved. <laughs> and um, when I turned seven and a half, my dad finally asked me why I was so scared of the basement. And I told him, I'm seeing a lady that scares me. And he goes, what lady? I'm like, the one with black hair that's in a bun that is wearing a very long old dress that's maybe blue or black, and she has an axe in her arm. She's just holding an axe, and she looks like she's going to hurt me. She scares me. And my mom finally said, honey, I'm seeing the same thing. So... He finally gets his big light from his construction site and puts it in there and turns it on. 
I don't know why he never did this in the first place, but he didn't. So when he turns on, it's this huge room. We were shocked at how big it was. And we see this big, instead of, you know, total cement foundation, you see the cement on the sides of the room, but in the middle is dirt. Don't know why. But at the very end, leaning against the wall is an axe. The same axe I've been seeing. That scared me so much that I ran out of that basement. Told my dad I'm never going back, which I never did. <laughs> but um, the worst thing was I got bronchitis afterwards, and I think that's when it just got worse. But that's another story because I started seeing more ghosts there. But, um, yeah, that's my story. Um, we moved out after I was 10, so I don't know what happened if anyone sees her after that, but I've been thinking about that house, and I want to go back and see it. I don't know if I will, but that was the weirdest one. She never talked to me, but she was always, you know, scaring me. The worst thing was when she would just walk out of the darkness. Like, she looked full-blown apparition. Not like, not like a, you know, dark person or something. My dad thought it was my imagination, but after my mom told him that he saw her, then she saw her. He started believing. I don't know. My mom never went down there either. Told me my dad since he never saw her. Well, I just want to say that, and I love the show. I'm, I'm, I binge on it at work. It keeps me going. Oh, thank you. Bye. Thank you, Jessica, for uh, calling in and sharing that story with us. How uh, often are, I wonder how uh, how many times we have stories that, uh, or if maybe this, not has ha- maybe this has not happened yet, but will, where it's the same haunting, same house, uh-huh. two different generations calling it in, where it's like, I lived in a house once and this happened, and then, you know, six months later, I live in a house right now and this sort of thing has happened. It's the same ghost. It's the same thing. I bet you it hasn't happened yet to us, but it probably will. It'd be difficult to identify. Well, I think... Unless it's like a really specific... I mean, some are really specific, uh-huh. but there's a lot of generic ghosts out there that kind of do the same sort of things. It's not that hard. I mean, it's as much as saying, did you live at this address? Yeah, I did. Well, sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you were to narrow it down, but I'm saying on our end to recognize it. Yes. That, that's what I'm saying. Right. For us to pick it out going, oh, wait a second, that was this house. Well, if it happens to be like, you know, Jessica's in Salt Lake City. Mm -hmm. If somebody else from Salt Lake City called in and said they saw a woman with her, you know, hair up in a bun wearing a black dress and holding an axe, I'd start to wonder. That's a more specific one. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, That's the anomaly of it. I mean, what I'm saying is the ones where it's like, it was darker than dark. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a tough one. That one, we may never know. Sure, but there, there, we do have some very specific and some very spooky ones where it's like, I've had that sometimes where we hear a story or, or a call and it's like, this sounds somewhat familiar, 
and but I've and I've referenced him back too, and it's like no, it's not a repeat. It's just like very similar, and it almost makes me wonder sometimes if that has happened or not. Sure, you know, I'm sure you know inevitably a lot of times when somebody has something paranormal happen, they start looking it up. Yeah. And they start trying to find answers. I think a lot of listeners to our show initially found us because something happened to them and they're trying to get answers. And so they get into the show. Yeah. You know, so as that cycle just keeps going and people move from place to place and entities haunt people to people, it's bound to happen. I think eventually whether or not we'll catch it will be the story. It, it really is, honestly, just the same eight ghosts that are haunting everyone. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. all it is. Just the same eight ones over and over and over. It's the luck of the draw, what you get. So, <laughs> anywho, thanks for uh, writing in and calling into the uh, show today. Of course, like we said, if you like the show, please consider supporting it, becoming an EPP, Extra Podcast Person, five bucks a month. Your support keeps our show on the air. We need you guys to do that, to keep it uh, going uh, as those uh, bandwidth charts and all that uh, they go up as we get more listeners which is great having more listeners but it's more costly so please consider supporting the show we do greatly appreciate that and we'll give you all that uh, extra stuff as a thank you and sign up on the website realghoststoriesonline.com until next time for Jenny Bruski I'm Tony Bruski thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online <laughs> <laughs>